0: Welcome to this podcast on economic, political, industry-wide ramifications of COVID-19. I'm Vignesh Brahmanim, your host for today's session. Today we have Srivatsa Kanjibotla, senior partner at the math company, with us for this podcast. Uh, he's also been recognized as one of the top 10 data scientists in India. He'll be sharing a data scientist guesstimate and perspective on the current COVID situation in what we hope will be a very insightful session. So we also have a couple of people from the audience who we'll be taking a few questions from. Welcome, Srivatsa. I know everyone's talking about it, but what's your take on on COVID and the ripple effects it's had across the globe? Uh, Are there any accompanying fears and anxieties uh, that are reasonable? How do you estimate this will play out across economies?
1: when i decided to give this talk one of the requests i got was that at the end of the stock people should not be <laughs> so i'll do my best not to depress you guys any of you were at any given point in the last two months thought that humanity will end or were afraid at that level
2: i mean i think if, if the vaccine doesn't come out in like a couple of years then we can we cannot avoid human contact and then i think it'll end but yeah i'm not not thinking of that now yeah
1: Let's say 70% of us were not that worried, but there is a minority, maybe 30% were extremely worried. Maybe Uh, US unemployment has crossed 30 million in the last one month. 30 million more people are now unemployed. UK's economy, this is the worst year in 300 years of history. Not even during Great Depression, 1930s or the 2008 financial depression was the situation this bad. Unemployment rate is a green line just shooting up. Real wages are coming down. It all seems very, very dismal. Very sophisticated authors would probably call this a black swan event or something of that nature. Maybe you're searching for a silver lining on top of a very dark cloud, but there are some things that probably give us hope. Right up front, people are saying the recovery is expected to be incomplete, meaning, whatever is the current uh, before COVID 19, the growth rates, uh, increase in GDP, manufacturing uh, performance indices, there are some which also fell. I think this probably is one of them. All of those will, that recovery will not be complete. Some places we will suffer and it will be asymmetric across member states. So this is an European Union one. So he's talking about European member states, but broadly will make a safe bet that it will apply to the world as well. Everybody will not recover or every country will not recover to the same extent. Some will bounce back much faster. China is already pretty much on the mend right now. This year will probably be their worst worst year in the last 30 years, but next year is not supposed to be that. U.S. and Western Europe, like we have seen with the corona numbers, uh, there is an expectation that they will take longer, not just across countries, but across verticals also, it will be asymmetric to use their phrase. Uh, Resilience of financial markets has been severely tested by the pandemic, but the swift policy response succeeded in preserving financial stability bank run is like considered to be the worst nightmare in most societies. If you go to the bank and you don't, are not able to withdraw money. Like that's it. That is when everything has broken down and literally sky is fallen. That is the perception of people normally. And swift policy response is basically what did governments do irrespective of political leanings, whether it is China or whether it is U.S. or Venezuela or India, it doesn't matter. What what did governments do first? Different, different governments have different uh, power over their people or ability to impact current events, etc. But everyone managed to do something or the other in terms of preserving financial stability. This literally means in cases of countries like U.S. bailing out, quantitative easing. Print a lot of money and give it down to people. Or primarily first ones to get them will be the banks and then the banks will loan out central banks and the central banks will loan out to other banks and the other banks. There are also policies of the nature of uh, MNREGA in India, uh, small business loan funds or something like that in the U.S. Most of them are being replenished. In Europe, uh, the governments are picking up 80% of the tab for 80% of the salary tap for most employees who have been laid off. Doesn't matter. Like most governments have been forced into the role, which we all assume they do, which is like take care of their people. The governments literally, in some cases, took care of their people in whatever ways or whatever is their current uh, status as first world country or third world country, whatever, it doesn't matter. So what is the other fear? The other fear people have is uh, we'll run out of food. So India specifically has uh, about six months of spare food. Our uh, food corporation of India's godowns are literally overflowing with food. 2017, we have in fact been sending some of that food to African countries and doing philanthropy and stuff like that. Even if no one uh, in India produces any more food, uh, like for six months, we are still okay. And in fact, some of that rice that we have in storage is being used to make hand sanitizer, ethanol, probably because it can be sold at a profit as opposed to just giving it away. But the financial market's stability has been preserved, meaning for the foreseeable future, for people who fall under the still have a job category, uh, you'll get money from the banks, you'll be able to buy food. Prices may be high, and but you'll be able to get salaries and withdraw money from them.
0: But what do you think about the recession, Shivatsa?
1: The global economy is set for a sharper recession than during the global financial crisis. Global financial crisis, the 2008 crisis and global economy is set for a sharper recession. So these financial markets and their stability have nothing to do usually with the global economy. Global economy is food production and so on. While the banking sector should be able to withstand the recession, private consumption is set for its fastest drop on record so the major impact will be on private consumption private consumption is basically what you do for yourself buying cars buying clothes uh, going out eating at restaurants all of that is set for its fastest drop since people have been collecting data on that's according to the european union and to some extent it's probably applicable to india and in the... so shantanu are you happy now like do you feel yeah <laughs> You
2: won't all I am. No, no. We. Uh, I. I also had a comment on the chat. I think when you're talking about food uh, specifically, and if I compare uh, the two uh, major contributors, India and the US, I think in India uh, production was never a problem. We were producing in surplus uh, uh, ever since I think history has a record. But I think distribution was a problem. People were even with the mass production of food and philanthropy going in. We we still have malnutrition in cases where people don't have access to food. In the US, however. Uh, production now has become a problem. I think it's more worse than India when it comes to producing food. But distribution, I think, still holds ground. So between a two-by-two two between production and distribution in India and US, I think both are facing similar and different problems at the same time.
1: Okay, no comments. I don't want... <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it gives me hope. 40% of the food we produce, we waste anyway. So how do you think COVID-19 will evolve or progress
0: over time? Um, what kind of infection and death rates can we expect in the future?
1: You might also want to look at history of pandemic responses in the sense what happened the last time there was a pandemic. Do You guys know that this is the third pandemic of this century. We had one in 2003, 2009, 10, and this is one more. Uh, There have been a bunch of studies done most prominently by Stanford University. And when you try to say how the virus has spread 50% or 60%, what you're trying to say is, these many people out of total population have the virus. And how do you know someone has the virus? There are two ways to check. One is basically a genome sequence based test, which specifically and more scientifically checks if you have the virus. Because it is more specific, there is also the problem of if the virus mutates even slightly, the test will probably fail. It won't be able to guess because it's looking for something highly specific. The second way of checking is to see antibody testing. So uh, antibody testing is basically you check uh, blood plasma to see if there are coronavirus-related antibodies and you... basically trust age old uh, medical wisdom which is that if your body contains human bodies has an immune system we are able to not naturally fight off some minor viruses so if you get the virus then uh, you recover from it then your body will contain antibodies and if you cont- if antibodies are present then you can reliably make the guess that uh, you probably had coronavirus. If you look at how death rate is calculated, death rate is how many patients die out of how many got coronavirus. Now the denominator how many got coronavirus is, you can possibly derive or arrive at it using two methods. One is the antibody testing and the other is the specific genome sequence based test. So the genome sequence based testing are the ones which are more sophisticated. Those are the ones which look extremely painful where they poke the swab into your nose and try to remove it and all of that. And because those were in short supply, uh, the number of tests had to be rationed. And once you ration the number of tests, you're only getting uh, a sample. Whereas uh, in antibody testing, it's uh, much more feasible to do that uh, on a mass scale. You don't need the test. So initially, when the tests were not available, the calculated death rate and claims, usually like Italy and Iran and China and all of these people were claiming 3%, 5%. It could be as bad as 10%. All of those numbers are being bandied about. But Stanford has done a study backed up by German doctors, Finnish doctors. Uh, There were some doctors in Kerala also who did this uh, antibody testing. And that will basically give you in your entire population how many have coronavirus. So the denominator drastically expands and your numerator remains the same. Number of people dead from coronavirus the same. So your death rate will fall down dramatically. And that also gives people reason to doubt all of that fear. So from that 3% and 5% is considered a very deadly virus. You are justified in taking extreme action like lockdowns and stuff like that, if it is 3 to 5%. See, there are scientists saying both things, okay? There are scientists saying it's deadly and it mutates a lot, okay? So if you choose to believe that, then there are, there's a possibility that the virus might return as a new strain. All of those possibilities exist. Uh, and there are people, uh, scientists, who are saying that uh, this should be treated as a public health issue, not as a medical issue. What is the difference between a public health issue and a medical issue? So if you have, if I mean, like people from India should be more familiar with this, uh, malaria reduction, etc. Is It's that the science behind it, the medical research behind it is firm, but it's a logistical issue. How do you convince people... Uh, India is a very poor country. How do you convince people living in such uh, squalid conditions to maintain enough hygiene to eliminate? Malice? So, uh, so coronavirus, if the medicine behind it is fairly firm, and you want to treat it as a public health issue, which some countries have done, by the way, Sweden has treated it as a public health issue. There are a couple of other countries who have done it without lockdowns, etc. And like as of now, their death rates are way down. So Srivatsa, how do you think that the
0: pandemic will impact private consumption and the different industries that are out there?
1: There will be a severe contraction in private consumption. There will be severe impact on things that people buy, auto industry, flying, leisure, hospitality industry, there will be impact on that. You cannot say that they'll all die, but based on where they are in the power hierarchy of a particular country, for example, in Bangalore, the migrant labor were not allowed to go back because we are restarting construction. so The construction industry got a concession. Similarly, banks, etc. are getting concessions. Insurance companies are not bailed out, but probably insurance companies also got some. We'll find out in a few days. So various industries and lobbying groups and people are doing various things to kind of survive. And how much they get, all of that depends on where they lie in that power hierarchy. Like some world economies, especially, are
2: highly dependent on India, US, US more than India, but so, so to that end, though, Shiva, says, since private consumption is more a, a, a mental state than, than based on facts. Is it fair to hypothesize that a country like U.S. where consumption is, is almost one of the constitutional rights
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, will, will will drive the world or, or move the world in that direction of, of saying that, you know what, I'm going out and buying myself a car and eating a steak you, know, you guys should do it, and sort of like, you know, pivot the world in that direction? <laughs> if, to that end, if that happens, if that hypothesis serves to be true, will the sharp decline be followed by a sharp spike and a sharp increase, thereby minimizing longer-term effects of of, of yeah. risk?
1: See, there will be a recovery. Uh, you have to look at, like the EU report said, it will be asymmetric across income groups. Uh, there will be some for whom the return to normal will be much faster they'll bounce back. There'll there'll be some who probably won't even realize, I mean, from an economic point of view that this virus has happened because they're just coming to be rich. Right now, based on <laughs> initial things, it doesn't look likely. Because consumption also now, let's say you want to divide fine into much more fine grain, right? Uh, there is consumption of luxury goods and there's consumption of nest. So the state governments in India were forced to open liquor shops because there is a lot of uh, revenue, like 60 crores, uh, which is I think 600 million Indian rupees or something like that is what they made in a single day. Uh, and that fills up the tax coffers of the state government and state governments in India had to do that because the central government was not held a lot. Uh, in US, who gets that money first? It will, that will determine. So there have been about four or five Corona relief cares packages there. All this Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi are like doing vigorous amount of lobbying to pass these through. And you just have to look at who got who got taken care of first to kind of understand which direction I think airlines will be fine. Fine in the sense they might declare bankruptcy, but nothing major. The people in that might get ruined, but the companies will probably remain. Most of them got bailed out. You just have to look at that, basically. So California, there are a lot of Mexican labor. Are they being allowed to go back? Uh, Do they have to work? that determines whether you'll get your food back. Consumption also, you'll have to divide it at that level, uh, luxury goods, necessities, and then see what will happen. Most of it is discretionary. The loss would be discretionary budget, entertain, going to malls, shopping, those kinds. So what about the vaccines then? If you take the perspective of the public health people, uh, they basically say that vaccines are completely unnecessary. But that is a very risky thing to say nowadays because you get lumped up with the anti-vaccine. Even if the vaccine comes, it's going to be 18 months. Like there is no way of continuing the lockdown in that time frame. So sure, continue the research for vaccine. But in the meantime, there has to be some cheap alternative to move on. In. And that is where these antibody testing, that interferon alpha 2A, which Cuba made, there are a couple of things that changed. Those are indifferent. What's your take on the current government response? to
0: COVID-19 and uh, what can we expect in the future?
1: Uh, So in response to the virus, lots of governments have done lots of things. Uh, Some of those things will remain because the way to achieve the aim is to pass a law and laws are typically not uh, repealed. Uh, One way of thinking about it is uh, like the war. So war is a good analogy. Basically most countries have declared war on coronavirus. And uh, that makes it useful in the sense that you can compare other situations in history where uh, countries have declared war on something. So war on terror happened and what did? What were the laws that still remain? So in 2003 or four, US passed Patriot Act, we still have it. Uh, there are a bunch of other laws, anti-terrorism law, protection against uh, terrorism laws, etc., which India passed, they still remain. So what are the things that are probably likely to remain is restrictions on movement. Uh, There will be uh, some kind of a passport or proof that you'll need to carry saying that uh, you don't have coronavirus. Uh, There will be testing. Just like uh, after uh, the war on terror, we had to remove shoes and belts at airport. Uh, There'll probably be a temperature check now. Uh, There might be other uh, restrictions of that nature. Uh, there will probably be mistakes where your temperature spiked up because you like slept on top of your like laptop or something and uh, you're not allowed to travel. Mistakes like that are probably likely uh, and which basically makes your travel plans unpredictable. Different countries will uh, like, just like a passport, you'll have to carry something, uh, which is like a proof. Uh, there are some companies which are already trying to uh, invest in that and develop, some kind of quantum dots and uh, implantable chip uh, that kind of carries your current temperature and your vaccination status and stuff of that nature. So Google and Apple are trying to put uh, inside Android and inside iOS itself, tracking mechanisms, uh, contact tracing apps, uh, they come like default uh, with the the operating system itself. I received a notice in fact saying that uh, someone who, some guy called me and said I was near you on that day on March 16th or something and I tested positive and all of that so there'll be a bunch of, what should I, random anxiety I would say caused due to that. Uh, There'll be a lot of censorship because uh, it is easy to spread rumors when people are afraid. Uh, There will be authoritative sources who uh, will disseminate the main information or whatever is considered to be truthful, everyone else will probably be censored. Already Twitter, if you open Twitter or Facebook these days, you will have the first top band is basically COVID-19 updates. Uh, and most of these will probably remain even after we forget about the virus. And we'll probably forget how these originated also in a couple of years.
0: So Srivatsa, how do you think that you know companies or organizations will reinvent themselves to adapt to COVID-19 in the long term?
1: So Elon Musk, Jack Ma, Narayan Murthy, all of these people are basically saying, have said in the past or after the coronavirus, have said that we should all work very hard. I cannot think of a more truer uh, statement than this. Even if we take the best case scenario and only say that private consumption is the only one that will contract, uh, it's not like that industry will fail on its own or that vertical will fail on its own. It will have impact on others. And that uh, the impact mainly will be felt in terms of uh, labor markets. Uh, The narrative, at least in the U.S., is that small and medium-scale businesses will suffer. But what it actually means is new businesses will suffer a lot. Meaning if you have an idea and you want to do a startup, now is a very bad time to do something like this. Strong advice is to hold on to whatever it is that you have. Uh, For us, meaning people in the, broadly speaking, information technology software, data science fields, uh, living in India and U.S., uh, it's it's like Narayan Mukti is probably a good barometer to judge. Uh, Next two to three years, all of us will have to work really, really hard and we'll have to follow the new rules. Uh, Coming back to office will not be an easy job. Uh, There'll be like narrow entrances and you'll have to get your temperature checked and you can't touch people and probably meetings are done for except virtual ones uh, for the next two to three years. And despite all that, for people who don't have jobs and for people in lower income or unorganized sector, etc., it'll probably be much harsher
2: yeah so um i have a question regarding one thing i mean one thing that you mentioned yeah you said that some people say that this is a black swan event but then you also said that um, i mean we've had three of these pandemics uh, in the last 20 years yeah so um, is there any reason to believe that this is a once in a lifetime event or i or i mean this is just or we can expect more of these considering so that there will be
1: by, so what i meant by black swan event is not that the virus is a black swan event but the drop in economic indicators are a black swan event see first time us uk economy is as bad as it is in 300 years will so automatically make it a black swan event whether this virus is as deadly as we believe as we originally believed it to be or should i treat this as uh, uh, more in line with flu diseases that is a question which we have answered three times this decade that itself is not a black swan event we'll probably see more of this It's a question of like you woke up in the morning and found a stranger in your house. If it's your neighbor, you'll react a certain way. And if it's some like seriously unknown person, you'll probably freak out. So that, that degree is what we are trying to determine here. Uh, Right now, it looks like we have freaked out and done something we haven't done in 300 years. In fact, there are uh, countries are going uh, like, the proper risk people are going into like uh, assuming this happens every year what are we supposed to do kind of plans are already being made.
0: Thank you Srivatsa for joining in and sharing those um, very useful insights with us. It was an absolute pleasure to have you join us for this podcast. Thanks once again.